0: What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined uh, now, just the duo, my
1: co-host Connor Rogers. What's up, buddy? Uh, I already missed you, dude. Yeah, that was a fun week. Wow. And it flew by, (laughs) but uh, we have some stuff to talk about still. It's funny. People always say like, oh, what are you going to do like for the week after the draft? Like, where do you go? And I'm like, nowhere, because we have to grade every single draft. Otherwise, what would be the point of all of this? And then we'll revisit those later on. So I'm excited, man. It was an awesome week. I want to say thank you to everyone that checked out all of our content, whether it was the live coverage every single day. We graded every single team's draft in the Bleacher Report app, so you can look at those videos as well. And, man, it was just a really good time. It was a good time, and I want to share my thanks to all the people at Bleacher Report who made it
0: happen, from our event Tuesday night uh, with Jesse and Isis running things, manscaped kicking us some money so we could bring alec ogletree in for sure dylan for getting Alec ogletree and setting him up and then thursday night all the people in production from the director the producer the camera guys like i don't think people realize how much work goes into putting on an event and then three days over 12 hours of live content but we did it with like a skeleton crew and i felt like we kicked ass so without a doubt those people like our, our Sean McManus like, rocked this draft, his first time ever uh, really producing the entire BR draft stream. And I thought, biased as I might be, this was our best one yet. So all those people deserve a ton of credit and a ton of thanks. If you guys enjoyed what we did, those it's not just me and Connor and Lefko and Mello sitting on a desk sounding like idiots. It's like Woody making us look good. McManus and his crew running highlights. They like are reading our minds, knowing what we're going to talk about. Like you know, it's very unscripted. We don't have teleprompters. It's just the chemistry of the control room and the desk.
1: It it really worked out very well, without a doubt. Our amazing crew is kind of what helps us uh, separate our live show from the pack. Which I I personally noticed the difference. Loved what we did. Went back and rewatched it. And if you want to do the same. You can rewatch our shows on YouTube. You could just search Bleacher Report NFL Draft 2019 or whatever it may be. And now they are time coding all the picks, Matt. I saw some of the people that already went back and rewatched it very, very quickly. There was some complaints and very well warranted that they didn't have time codes of when each selection was made. So they're going through that right now. I know round one is done. So if, you, if you're a Bills fan, you want to relive when Ed Oliver was taken, and I give it an A+, because I love Ed Oliver, you could skip to that part. So I think that's a really cool feature that makes those rewatchable. But like we said, Matt, we are not done. Today, we are going to grade every single draft.
0: Yeah, we're grading every team's draft. So if you missed that in the app. Also, I like to say that like now we have like time to let the picks breathe and kind of grade outside of the moment. I've also spent two days doing nothing but talking to all my NFL contacts. Like, well, why did you guys do this? Or why did you do that? Or what picks did you like? So it changes these grades will have a fresher spin. Let's start in the NFC East. Let's jump right into it. The Philadelphia Eagles, they had a small draft, just five selections, but they got five players that I absolutely love. Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside,
1: Sharif Miller, and Clayton Thorson. Yeah, I really like this draft, too, man. I I look at this group and it's like, number one, they were aggressive. One of the most important aspects of the draft, besides actually finding good players, is knowing when to get them. And they jumped the Texans at 23. Now, I understand the Texans are are claiming right now, at least what I've heard, that they love Titus Howard, that that was their guy. I still think it was Andre Dillard. And I think the Eagles did a really nice job by being aggressive and going up ahead of them to get what they believe is their franchise left tackle.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really liked their draft. I gave it an a Um, which I want to be a little bit tougher as a grader now that I've had time to think about these picks. But this is a really good group of high impact players. This is a team that has a chance to get back to another Super Bowl if they can stay healthy. So this is a really, really good draft, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I gave it an A minus. I look at this group. I love the Arcega-White side fit in this offense. Same could be said for Miles Sanders. I thought on day two they found two pieces really a starting running back and a number two wide receiver that's impressive on day two on top of the fact that they got their tackle Sharif Miller will see what kind of depth he can provide to the front seven and Clayton Thorson will see if he can win a backup job there but overall really really nice draft for the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely
0: was how about the Washington Redskins a team that we don't maybe spend enough time crediting and praising they sit tight at 15 and they select Dwayne Haskins they trade back up at 26, get Montez Sweat, a guy who was 11th on my big board. No round two pick, but they get Terry McLaren in the third. And then they had a ton of picks on day three. Bryce Love, Wes Martin, Ross Piercebacher, Cole Holcomb, Kelvin Harmon, your dude, Jimmy Borland, and Jordan Brailford. So a very deep draft as well. Uh, I gave them a B plus. I love that they got Haskins and didn't have to mortgage the future. He was my number two quarterback in this draft. I think he's a really good fit for Jay Gruden's offense. And then to get an edge rusher, you lose Preston Smith and free agency. I think you've upgraded here as long as Montez Sweat's heart condition is something teams are comfortable with. And he was able to participate at Mississippi State in the Senior Bowl um, at the Combine. So I think we're going to have we're going to have no concerns, get him on the field. And then our guy Scary Terry in the third round gives them just a great character guy but a very good route runner, a speed threat down the field as well.
1: Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this draft just because they stayed patient and they got what they wanted in round one, and that was Dwayne Haskins at 15. I think he he fits really well with Jay Gruden's offense. I think he could be their franchise quarterback of the future, and I just love that they didn't have to move up to get him. I thought I was lower on Montez Sweat than everyone else. I had him 22 overall. He falls to 26, and you kind of said it, Matt. It was probably because of the heart condition. So once again, good value there. Pairing Scary Terry, who has incredible, incredible work ethic and high character with his college teammate, and Dwayne Haskins, was a savvy move. Bryce Love and Wes Martin felt like reaches to me, but I felt like they bounced back by taking Kelvin Harmon and Jimmy Moreland in round six and seven. I think both of those guys have you know, at least maybe number three wide receiver or number two wide receiver potential. And then Moreland could be a slot corner. He's undersized, but he's really feisty. So once again, I I gave this draft an A. I just, I thought they did a really, really nice job and never panicked. The New York Giants uh, got a lot of heat for their
0: draft. And we're gonna not, we don't have time to go super in depth here, uh, but they got Daniel Jones at six, Dexter Lawrence at 17, traded back up for DeAndre Baker at 30. Then in round three, O'Shane Zimenez. Day three, they got Julian Love, Ryan Connolly, Darius Slayton, Corey Ballantyne, uh, a tackle from Kentucky whose name I would butcher if I said, and Chris Slayton, the D tackle from Syracuse. So actually a lot of picks and they came into this draft with 12 picks. So we knew it was going to be a big one. I have an article that came out Tuesday midday and it talks about how I could not find any team in the NFL, Connor, that thought Daniel Jones would be gone by 17. Just same. didn't happen. Same. Washington loved Dwayne Haskins. They were not going to take Daniel Jones over him. Miami was not going to draft a quarterback in round one. Denver was not going to draft a quarterback in round one. So the Giants get a D plus from me because they misplayed Daniel Jones. Dexter Lawrence is the same guy as Dalvin Tomlinson. And then I do like DeAndre Baker. I like O'Shane Zimenez and Julian Love as round three and round four picks. But when you, when you overdraft a quarterback by 10 picks... Not, it's not great, man. It's just not the right way to build a team. Yeah, I
1: know you and I do not share grades before we do these, but you and I are, are very, very similar so far. I gave this a C-, and it's only because of how well they rebounded after the first round. DeAndre Baker can be a long-term starter. He really can. I think he's feisty in coverage. There was better corners on the board in that pick. I didn't. I despise the Daniel Jones pick. I do not like the Dexter Lawrence pick at 17. That was early for an area where I personally didn't think they needed a ton of help there. I thought they could have got an edge pass rusher in that spot or been aggressive and traded up for that spot to get a better pass rusher. Julian Love. I'm a big fan of his game. Shane Ziminez is a solid player. I like the Darius Slayton pick in round five. I think he brings speed to the offense. So they got some players that brought this up to a C minus. But after the first two picks, I just want to say this was an F all the way. So at the end of the day, yeah, you get a C minus because you got some pieces. But In my opinion, Matt, this could have been a franchise-changing draft for the Giants, and I don't see that at all. With 12 picks
0: and two in the first, you expect to get a lot more than what they did. The Dallas Cowboys did not have a first round pick because of the trade to get Amari Cooper. That worked out okay for them. This is a weird draft. Tristan Hill in the second round, a guy who we've talked about him a lot, rarely played at UCF this past year. Connor McGovern, a guard from Penn State. Tony Pollard from Memphis. Michael Jackson, the corner. And then Joe Jackson, the D end, both from the U. Donovan Wilson, Mike Weber and Jalen Jelks. My favorite pick for them is honestly the seventh round pick of Mike Weber to be a backup running back. I did not give this draft a very high grade. I gave it a C minus. I think they really rolled the dice on Tristan Hill. He probably would have been there a little bit later. They do need a three technique. They, They definitely do. Dallas has to stop going after these like high, high concern guys, like red flag guys. Even if I've gone to bat for Tristan Hill and said that I thought Josh Heupel and his coaching staff didn't handle this well. Still a concern in the second round, especially when someone like Draymond Jones was still on the board.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite draft at all. I gave this one a B minus. I like Tristan Hill, the player, a lot. It was a little early, but if he can come in and, and, you know, play where they expected David Irving to for a long time, then it's worth it. Connor McGovern was just solid to me. Good run blocker. I think he really struggles in pass pro. I like the Miami guys a lot in round five. I really like Michael Jackson and Joe Jackson. I think when you look at those two players, they can be sub package players right away. I mean, Joe Jackson is kind of a two down guy, in my opinion, and he plays with power. Michael Jackson is a corner that could be developed on the outside, a physical player. So it doesn't seem like they got a lot here, Matt, and they definitely didn't get star talent. But like I said, a, a B minus because I do like the Hill pick. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, uh,
0: another team, excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm, my brain is dead, guys. The New Orleans Saints, we're going to move on to the NFC South here. Another team that only had five picks. I think they got some actually high-impact players with these five picks, but it's hard to look at a class that is this small. Eric McCoy in the second round will be a day-one starter at center. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has a chance to start at safety. To get him in round four was incredible value, in my opinion. Saquon Hampton in round six is good value. Alizé Mack, tight end from Notre Dame in round seven, as well as Caden Ellis, a linebacker from Idaho. I look at these top three players, and I love this draft, especially for a team that they moved up in round two to get Eric McCoy traded with the Miami Dolphins that helped them get Josh Rosen. I gave this a B. It's another small draft class for a team that's like starting to get kind of scary old. They're going to have to figure out how to to reload once Drew Brees is done, because right now, like they're starting to look old, a little long in the tooth. No wide receiver help. I thought that was a huge need for them. So. A good
1: draft, but not like a great one like we saw in 2017. They did a really nice job here. I gave it a B as well. I think it's hard when you only have five picks and you have no first rounder and no third rounder in those picks. Eric McCoy, he can be a long-term starter at center. He's tough. He's nasty. I think he also could play guard in a pinch if you needed him to, which a lot of teams liked. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, to me, was a top 30 talent. I asked around about this and basically got the answer that, hey, we thought he was really, really good. A lot of people just didn't like the person. And it's not that he's a bad person. They just felt that, you know, he didn't necessarily mesh with the locker room they had. So that's why he fell to round four. He's a really, really good talent on the field. And I think this is a good situation for him to fall into. And like you said, you know, Saquon Hampton there in round six, he can provide a really good backup, uh, free roaming kind of safety the way he plays in coverage. So they made the most of what they had. And for the Saints to come out of this with a B is pretty impressive. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the one team when I started making calls Sunday to
0: to NFL sources and being like, whose draft did you like? Whose draft did you not like? People were absolutely crushing Tampa Bay's draft of like, they don't know what they're doing. Jason Light's an idiot. I don't agree with it either. I just wanted to put that out there. That's one thing that I heard. So Devin White, Sean Bunting, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, Anthony Nelson. Those five guys are starters, in my opinion. Yes, they drafted a kicker in the fifth round, which... I would never do Scott Miller, a receiver from Bowling Green around six and Terry Beckner, Jr. D tackle from Missouri around seven. My biggest concern, Connor is that of these eight picks, one is on offense and it's a receiver from Bowling Green because I do think this offense needs help. But when you hire Bruce Arians, I guess you're okay with that. Like we feel like the scheme is going to be good enough to get these players, the ball. I don't know who the hell is going to play running back for them. Down they there. must be banking be, on Ronald Jones, right? They have to be. I mean, they have to be. That's bold. And and maybe, um, you know, I guess they maybe they like Peyton Barber as well. But it is very bold. Maybe Bruce Arians. But I know he knows more about offense than I do. So maybe they've got a a plan here. I'm not going to kill this draft. I like those first five players a lot.
1: I'm going to give this draft a B. I gave it a B plus. I think Devin White can be a star. I liked Sean Bunting a lot. I do not like Jamel Dean. I I thought he was an athlete, not a good cornerback. And then... I'll tell you what really brought this from maybe a B minus B was that Mike Edwards and Anthony Nelson. I'm with you, Matt. Those are starting players. I mean, especially for me, Anthony Nelson in round four, I love this guy's game. I truly believe he could be a three down starter in Todd Bowles defense. It's a perfect, perfect fit. So you look at this draft and if, if you do believe that three of these players will be starters and maybe two out of the three could be high end starters, then I don't think it'd be fair to give this anything less than the B plus that I gave it. Yeah,
0: I was just looking and I have given a lot of B's out to the uh, the NFC North. The Carolina Panthers, I'm changing my grade on the fly here, dude. They drafted Brian Burns in the first. I know you love him. Greg Little in the second. A little bit of a reach for me. A lot
1: of bit of a reach.
0: (laughs) But I I do like it was a reach for me by about 40 40 spots on my board. Not going to lie. we had seen a little bit of a run on tackles. So I kind of understand that one. Will Greer, the quarterback at pick 100. I have a lot of questions about that. You take a quarterback of 100. Are you worried about Cam Newton's health? Um, I know that there's this stat running around that very few quarterbacks actually play all 16 games. So you need that number two. Christian Miller, I really like the value at 115. Jordan Scarlett in round five, Dennis Daly in round six, and Terry Godwin around seven. So a lot of big name players from a lot of big schools. I look at this draft, and to me it's about Brian Burns, Christian Miller, and Greg Little. Like, if those dudes hit, this is a very,
1: very good draft for Marty Hardy and the Panthers. So I give this one a B plus. I look at this draft, and I think that the most important thing for Carolina was they got pass rush help on the outside on both spots, and these guys are explosive, long players. I mean, when you look at Christian Miller, if he could just stay healthy, he can be like Brian Burns' light in a sense, or, or a poor man's version of Burns. So I, I love the Burns pick. I'm a big fan of the Christian Miller pick. I think Greer can be that solid backup. I think Dennis Daly has. I actually think I had Dennis Daly, their sixth round pick at tackle, ranked maybe a spot or two higher than Greg Little, which is like, just goes to show you, you never know how the NFL boards are going to break down. I just wasn't a Greg Little fan. When it came down to it for me, I thought he was a late fourth round player. They took him at the second. He plays tackle. I understand you're betting on the athleticism. So once again, I give this draft to B. I think they got they needed pass rush help. They came in and got it. So I thought a job well done there for Carolina.
0: Yeah, it, really an interesting draft for them. I, I thought overall the Atlanta Falcons, the last team in the NFC South, and the last team before we take our first break, dude. Um, I, I think a controversial draft in some ways because they went Chris Lindstrom at 14, which felt early. He is a good player. Then they traded back up to get Caleb McGarry. Kendall Sheffield, their third pick, he was in the fourth round, I thought was a seventh round player. Um, Great speed, obviously. John Kaminsky, a small school guy from Charleston, West Virginia. Quadre Allison, like a power back in round five, felt really, really early. I like Jordan Miller, if healthy, the corner from Washington, and then Marcus Green, the receiver from Louisiana Monroe. I saw a lot of reaches in this draft, dude, too. a lot. I gave it a C minus. I like,
1: I like Lindstrom and I liked McGarry. It just felt like they were taking these players way too early. That's exactly how it felt. I think Lindstrom was actually one of the safer players in the draft, but I thought he was a back end of round one player. They took him in the top 15. And uh, here's the thing. That was my favorite pick, Matt. After this, I think McGarry's a good run blocker. I'm curious to see how he translates it, translates in pass protection at the next level. Kendall Sheffield, for me, I I don't even know. He was draftable because of the speed. And then Kaminsky, Allison. yeah, I like Miller, Marcus Green. Like, I just don't see a lot in this draft. I really don't. It, it was a C for me. They reached on the players that I liked, and then the rest of it, I, I don't think they'll get much out of this group.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Let's take our first break, man. When we come back, we are going to look at the NFC North and the NFC West to close out that conference.
1: A big draft for the Green Bay Packers, picking obviously 12th overall and then moving back up in the first round. Matt, what did you think of not only the move up, but this draft as a whole with all the picks they had? This was a big one for them.
0: It was a big one for them, and it feels like it's been that way for a couple of years now where they come in with a lot of picks in the draft. So I liked Rashawn Gary at 12. I know that you're not a big fan of it, but I look at that as really good value. Uh, Darnell Savage trading back up to get him the first safety off the board. Had really heard in the last few days before the draft that this was going to happen, that he would be that first safety for three speed over the top. He's a true center fielder. So I like him and I really like Elton Jenkins. So I feel like the Packers got three starters with their first three picks and three highly graded players. It fell apart after that for me. Jay Sternberger, I I don't really like, especially because he can't block at all. Kingsley Kiki, solid player, no complaints there. Kadar Holloman, I I had as a a much later player, even in round six. Dexter Williams, I like as a a depth back. And then Ty Summers, who got an athlete, at linebacker. My biggest concern here, dude, is no offensive line help and no wide receiver help. So it felt, again, like, all the weight is going to be, I'm sorry, outside of Elton Jenkins, no, no tackle or guard help. It feels like all the weight is going to go back on Aaron Rodgers again. I really thought we would
1: see a receiver drafted early, um, I,
0: but I like the talent hall here, so I gave it a B-. minus.
1: That was my issue as well. They did not help Aaron Rodgers here, and I think my biggest gripe with this draft is that Rashawn Gary at 12 just made no sense to me. I understand that they wanted an edge. To me, this was not the right player to take. I thought he was a second-round player. Uh, I'll die on that hill. Love Darnell Savage. Love Darnell Savage. And I like that they didn't care about going up to get him. They thought he'd be gone. They love the player. I I think he's a good fit in the defense. And I I think he'll be the best player to come out of this class for Green Bay by a lot. I thought Elkin Jenkins was just okay. Sternberger, like you said, Matt, he's a huge liability if you ask him to block. So don't use him in line. They're going to have to be creative with how they use him. So I looked at Green Bay's draft and unfortunately it was a C for me. I love the Savage pick, but I can kind of take or leave the rest of it. Yeah, I am with you on that.
0: Let's move on here, dude. The Chicago bears, another team, not very many picks because they traded for Khalil Mack. They had five picks in this draft and they didn't pick until round three and they still somehow got David Montgomery. Uh, And then, and then they go and get Riley Ridley, Duke Shelley, a corner from K-State in round six, uh, Carrot, Kareth Wythe, excuse me, uh, running back in round seven. And then Steven Denmark, corner Valdosta State. So those round six and seven guys, I do not care about. They got David Montgomery and they got Riley Ridley. These are really, really good picks for them. And I think Ryan Pace has done a good job of, you know, they trade up for Trubisky and they have a small draft class and they trade for Khalil Mack. So they have a small draft class, but they've done a good job of finding impact players. I'm actually giving this an a minus because I would not be surprised if David Montgomery is the rookie of the year. And I think Riley
1: Ridley perfectly fits in this offense. I factored in the Khalil Mack trade as well. So for me, this was a B plus all the way. Phenomenal, phenomenal for the bears. When you get David Montgomery, who was my top running back in the third round, It's a great fit. We said it on the desk. He just seems like a Chicago bear. I think Riley Ridley is really going to fight for targets in that offense, a crowded wide receiver group, but he's a very good player. And the fact that some of these picks were used to acquire Khalil Mack, I think this was a slam dunk for Chicago B plus all the way. The Minnesota
0: Vikings, another team that we thought needed offensive line help. They got it right away with Garrett Bradbury, Irv Smith, the Tiner from Alabama at pick 50 Alexander Madison at one Oh two. Drew Samia, Cameron Smith, Armon Watts, Marcus Epps, Ole Udall, Chris Boyd, Dylan Mitchell, Ole B.C. Johnson, excuse me, and Austin Cutting. This is a big draft class for the Minnesota Vikings, which they need because I do feel like they're another team that's getting sneaky old and had like low-key a lot of needs. So two offensive linemen in the first four picks I really liked. Irv Smith was a bit of a reach, but I do like the scheme fit. I like that they prioritized another running back. Dalvin Cook has not been very dependable at all. And I loved that they rolled the dice on guys like Cameron Smith in round five, Chris Boyd in round seven, Dylan Mitchell in round seven. I did not expect to like this one as much as I did, but
1: I actually gave it a B plus. Volume was the name of the game with this draft. I think when you look at it, you got Garrett Bradbury, who's going to come in and start at center. F line move to guard. I think Drew Samia is the perfect guard to have as a backup as a rookie, and maybe you let one of your guys walk in free agency, and then he starts. I really think he has starter potential there. Madison, thank God they finally got a running back that hopefully they can rely on in this offensive power back. I'm curious to see how they use Irv Smith. I know you and I at times were lower on this player, but I think he actually fits really well in this offense with Kirk Cousins. We've seen Kirk Cousins mesh with players like this in the past. I think they did a really, really nice job here. It's a B-plus for me as well. Minnesota came in, they knocked out a ton of needs. They added some depth at important spots. So a really, really good draft for them with all of those picks. Yeah, and I think a draft that said like,
0: okay, they understand that they really have to help Kirk Cousins a lot more than they have. The Detroit Lions, uh, another team that we were like, okay, we think we know where they're going. And then TJ Hawkinson fell right into their laps. I did not expect him to get to pick eight overall. That was a no-brainer. Jelani Tavai, another good linebacker from Hawaii in round two. Will Harris, a, a very physical safety in round three. They got Austin Bryant, Amani Warrior, Travis Fogel, Ty Johnson. Isaac Nada. in round seven is a freaking steal. I think people... Panicked about his 40-yard dash time. And then P.J. Johnson, the D-tackle from Arizona. I liked this draft. I thought Tavai and Will Harris were reaches, but not like huge reaches, like 10, 12-pick reaches. Austin Bryant, I think, has good potential in round four. Aurorier has good potential in round five. So I'm not normally
1: like a huge Bob Quinn fan. I think they overthink things, but I gave this a B. Yeah, this was a tough one for me. I look at it. Hawkinson is one of the safest picks Of round one. It's tough for me. To get behind taking a tight end in the top 10. That I don't know if he's special. I think he's really really good. So I look at the Hawkinson pick. And I thought it was a good pick. It was a solid pick. I like Tavai. I don't think they got anything else here. I really don't. I look at this draft. And Oruirier when you look at it. If he can get the help over the top he needs. He can play in a press scheme. He really struggles to turn and run down the field. Austin Bryant was you know, kind of the guy that got a lot of the free runs at the quarterback because of the three players next to him. Will Harris, once again, it felt like a bit of a reach there. So not my favorite draft. I love the Hawkinson pick for how safe it was, but at the same time, maybe they could have got more of an impact player there. It's a C plus for me for the Lions. All right, man, let's keep
0: it rolling here. We'll go to the NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, A team that I think we have to give a lot of credit for how they manipulated the board. They didn't come into this draft with a lot of like, oh, this is a a huge need for them. And they did a really good job of addressing those by trading around. Sometimes they they would come on the clock and you're like, you know what? They're not going to pick her. They're just going to keep trading back. So I like that they did that. Taylor Rapp at 61. I thought they could have drafted him at 31. So a great value there. Drell Henderson at 70 little bit of a head-scratcher, but he's going to work great in tandem with Todd Gurley. And if we see Gurley get hurt again, he can be a starter. David Long and Bobby Evans can both become starters. Greg Gaines can be a starter. David Edwards has good developmental potential at, at right tackle. Nick Scott and Dakota Allen, you're kind of taking a chance on some athletes late. But Dakota Johnson, uh, a very productive guy at Texas Tech. He's the one, if you'll remember, was kicked out of there. He was charged with armed robbery, kind of became a star on Last Chance U for, for EMCC, goes back to Tech and was really, really productive. So I actually loved this draft, Connor. I liked that they moved around so much. They had three picks in round three. And like I said, I actually think that when we look at this draft in two to three years, there will be four to five starters in this class with Darrell Henderson being a high
1: level contributor. So I gave the Rams an A for this one. This division to me owned the draft and we'll start right here with the Rams who I gave an a minus. So very similar to you, Matt Taylor rap was my favorite safety in this draft. I know a lot of teams had concerns about the hip. He just, he just couldn't clear medicals for plenty of teams, but if he can stay healthy and that hip can stay in check, I mean, you have a special player at the end of round two. Henderson is a home run hitter at running back. I, I love that fit in this offense. Even with Todd Gurley there, I think Henderson has a role David Long to me was the most underrated corner in this class. Greg Gaines can really, really, you know, stop the run and, and be a two-down player for them. I look at this group and I just think they were constantly picking really, really late or not picking at all, and they kept hitting on value after value impact players that could fit their system. So an A minus for the Rams. Well done. Yeah, and I like that you said this t- this division had a really interesting
0: draft. The Seattle Seahawks. They take LJ Collier in the first. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought he was more of a 40 to 45 guy. They took him at 29. Marquise Blair was a shock to me with the safeties who were on the board. I understand that he is a really good scheme fit for them, but at 47, I did not expect him to come off the board. DK Metcalf falls to 64. They get exceptional value there. Whatever you think of DK Metcalf, 64 is a good value for him because there's no risk associated with that pick. Cody Barton... Athletic linebacker. Gary Jennings, an athletic wide receiver. Phil Haynes, I really like his toughness at guard. They got Ugo Amadi from Oregon. Ben Burr-Kirvin from Washington. Travis Homer from Miami will be a good depth running back. And then Demarcus Christmas, the D-tackle from Florida State. And John Ursula, the wide receiver from Hawaii. So a lot of picks in this draft, which is exciting to me because I feel like they're getting back to what they used to be, where they would be a team that would consistently have eight, nine, ten picks instead of trading up to take these, you know, like offensive linemen who just aren't ready to play in the NFL. I like this draft. I like the overall talent accumulation.
1: I do feel like they reached a little bit with those first two picks. So I actually gave them a C plus. Yeah. It's a B for me. When I look at the Collier pick, it was so meh. Cause it's like, he's a good scheme fit. I think he'll he be, is, a, he'll yeah. be a solid starter. But I don't want that at 29. I don't want solid starter at 29, and they felt okay with going there. Marquise Blair was a gigantic reach considering the safeties on the board. This is where they started to turn it around, though. DK Metcalf, I mean, you got to love, love, love rolling the dice on him that late in this draft. Gary Jennings is another guy that can stretch the field with his straight line speed and ability to track the ball. He catches everything, you know, high character, hardworking guy. Phil Haynes is a tough guy at guard. He really is. When he gets his hands on you, he's a phone booth guy. He will t- toss you right in the dirt. Ben Burke-Kirvin, a good linebacker depth there. Hammer, good running back depth. He's good hands. I think he can handle a lot of carries if need be, even considering his size. We know how productive Ursula was at Hawaii. So once again, that, like you said, they just kept, Playing the lotto tickets, Matt, there was a couple reaches here, but I thought there was also better value in some of the later picks. So just a solid B for me for these Seahawks. The Arizona Cardinals had the first pick and they
0: did exactly what we thought they would all along. I, I don't know. I read a, a great recap article by Robert Klimko, and he was basically with Josh Rosen and that Rosen was shocked when the Cardinals took Kyler Murray. And really? yeah, that's, that's, I don't really want to like sucks. blame Josh Rosen because who knows what he was being told behind the scenes, but man, it was, it was a solid four months of people saying they were going to take Kyler Murray. I don't know how anyone could have been surprised by that move, but again, it makes me wonder what Steve Keim and people like that were saying behind closed doors. So they get Kyler Murray at one Byron Murphy at 33, Andy Isabella, Zach Allen, a big D line at pick one in round three, Hakeem Butler. In round four, Deontay Thompson around five, Keyshawn Johnson around six. then they followed that up with Lamont uh, Gilliard, the center from Georgia. Round seven, they got Joshua Miles, Michael Dogby, and Caleb Wilson is Mr. Irrelevant in this class. I hate that name. It's so terrible. Yeah, it's kind of mean. This is um, if you were. <laughs> so Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy, Andy Isabella, Zachary Allen, Hakeem Butler, Deontay Thompson. How many times on stick to football over the past <laughs> nine months have you guys heard those names and to get Millions. those without having to like really trade up to get them? I mean, they traded Josh Rosen basically for Andy Isabella. That was the trade. So there will be some pressure on Andy Isabella to contribute, but I liked that. that Cliff Kingsbury gets a lot of wide receivers in this draft, a lot of really different wide receivers. They took three of them. And I actually heard this is the first time ever a team has drafted a first round quarterback and then three receivers in the same draft. So they're, they're basically building their basketball team with Isabella Butler and Keyshawn Johnson. But I also liked sprinkling in Byron Murphy, Deontay Thompson and Zach Allen on defense, because I, I think all those guys can contribute. I gave this an a plus I'm not Like, really, the biggest Steve Kahn guy in the world? But if you're going to go all in with Cliff
1: Kingsbury, you better go all in. And I really felt like they did in this draft. And I'll say this. The defensive picks, to me, were somehow the highlight of this draft. Where Kyler Murray was the first overall pick, I think the group of... If you told me one team was going to get Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, and Deontay Thompson... And none of those guys were taken in the first round. That's impressive. I mean, that's a really, really nice group. And I think you look at the wide receivers. I admittedly wasn't this huge Andy Isabella fan, especially in round two. But you understand the fits here. Andy Isabella is your speed guy. Hakeem Butler is your big body, you know, play yards after the catch red zone guy. And then Keyshawn Johnson is your possession catches everything guy. Right. Gilliard is Depth at center, although on this offensive line, he might be a round six (laughs) starter from day one. Seriously, you might. Uh, And then Kyler. Kyler's fascinating because I think the talent is almost, it's top notch, the talent. Now, what you hear about Kyler Murray, personality-wise, depending on who you believe, and I know, Matt, you've done a ton of information gathering before and after the draft as well. It's a little, you know, I think this is the right fit for him with Cliff. I really think it is. I think Kyler with somebody a little more hard headed would have been interesting. Yeah, I really do. I think this is the right fit for him. So I liked this draft a lot. I thought they identified players that will fit in their system and do very well in that system. And I do think Kyler Murray is one of those guys that will succeed here. So I gave it an A. I think the Cardinals did a fantastic job.
0: My San Francisco 49ers, I'm just going to be transparent. I gave them a B minus. I love Nick Bosa. Uh, I had been calling the Debo Samuel pick for quite some time, so knew that one was coming. I like Jalen Hurd as a like an offensive chess piece. Uh, it was a little bit early, in my opinion, at 67, but sometimes athletes get drafted earlier. I hated this draft from then on. A, a, a punter, a Utah, not good. Uh Dre Greenlaw, I think, is was drafted too early, even around five. Caden Smith runs like a tackle and plays tight end. And then <laughs> like Justin Scule and Tim Harris, come on, they're not even gonna make this team. So I did not did not like this draft. The the saving grace is that Nick Bosa is gonna be really good. But again, they like they took a flyer on a hurt guy, which always worries me because they keep doing this shit. And then Debo. An, oh, guess what? Another hurt guy. Jalen Hurd quit on his team at Tennessee. Like th- that's just not great. I'm actually changing my grade on the yeah, fly. Yeah, you, you, you talk yourself give it,
1: into this, the C range. i want to give it a C. I'm going to give it a C. I don't like this draft at all. I'm sorry. So I'm going to take the other route. I gave it an A-. minus. It's a top-heavy draft. It really is. It's Nick Bosa and Debo. I like Jalen Hurd on this team. I think I think Kyle Shanahan will make it work and find ways for Jalen Hurd to succeed as this... It, Chan Gilley used to have this role in his offense. He did it with a couple players with the Bills, and I know he did it. He kind of built Quincy and Nunwa into what he is. He would use this kind of H back kind of big slot and do motion things with him as a blocker manufactured touches. Sometimes he gets the ball handed to him. I think Jalen Hurd is going to play that kind of role in San Francisco. So I'm with you, Matt. This is a top heavy draft. I just think the top three were really, really good picks. So it's an A minus for me. I would be floored if Debo or Nick Bosa are not very good players for the next 10 years.
0: It's AFC time, Connor. The New England Patriots are coming under the microscope, and oh, my God, did they have a good draft. They really did. Nikhil Na- Harry, Jawan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Yannickajust, Kajas, uh, Froholt, Jarrett Stidham, Byron Cowart, Jacob Bailey, a punter in round five, and then Ken Webster, the corner from Ole Miss in round seven. Dude, Nikhil Harry, Chase Winovich, Yadne Kajust and Jarrett Stidham are like everything that you think of when you think of the New England Patriots. We have gushed about this draft since it happened. I don't need to say anymore. I'm
1: giving it an A+. Wow, an A+. So you have so far, (laughs) just to recap, Matt has given A-pluses only to Arizona and New England. Might be the only ones to get one. I haven't given an A-plus yet. I've given a couple A's. We'll get there. But New England. I gave them a B-plus, and that is not because I'm a hater. I think this draft was awesome. It just felt like back and forth. Nikhil Harry, great pick. Jawan Williams, I had him about 60 spots lower. But they say if they move him to safety, it might work. I don't think he's a corner. Yeah, all.
0: I agree with you there. I th- I was told he will be. So I okay. I know I said on the desk I didn't like him at
1: corner. And and you agree not. They Oof. are moving him to safety like the okay. Patrick Chung role. He's so, got a chance. Then. Yeah, a chance. Love Chase Winovich. Love it. Think he's perfect for them. Damian Harris will just be a rock solid player for a long yep. time. I love the gamble on Yadni Just. He was one of my favorite offensive linemen outside of the round one group. Yelda Froho, another guy that fits in this. You know, he's a he's a power guy. I really like watching him play. I think he can play center or guard for them. I'm not a Stidham believer. I think that's what separates my grade from yours. If I was a Stidham believer, this would be an A or an A+, but I'm not, so it's a B plus. New England did a really, really nice job here across the board, though. I'm buying Mello a Stidham jersey, a Patriots one. Like oh. the red throwbacks, you know? He, he guess they give away his Jets stuff if he wears it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the Jets, uh, another team with kind of a small draft. Quentin Williams, Ja'Kai Polite, Chuma Adoga, Trevon Wesco, Blake Cashman, and, and bless you on Austin. So I love Quentin Williams, as everyone knows. How top player not? in this yeah. class. At one time, Ja'Kai Polite was a top 20 player on my board. He fell due to some character concerns and not... A bad kid, just maybe not very intelligent and maybe a little bit lazy. Chuma Adoga is I went back and read through all my notes and I found I had sent a tweet about Chuma Adoga that 10 teams had taken him off their board because of similar concerns about work ethic. So a little bit scary that the Jets took two guys who maybe don't have great work ethic, but I like Trevon Wesco a lot. Like, he is going to be a very good fit in this offense. He's a great blocker. He catches very well. He can play H-back, inline tight end. He's going to help Chris Herndon get open. Blake Cashman's going to probably play special teams. But bless you in Austin, I think it's a good gamble late in the draft. I gave this a B, uh, and most of that is probably because of Quinn and Williams. I think other than that, this is a very high-risk
1: draft. <laughs> yes. For a team that needs to win right fucking now, it's kind of a high-risk draft. It is such a high-risk draft. Now, if you are a believer in those risks, you will give this a good grade. I give it a B B+ because you know my love for Ja'Kai Polite. Now, what I will counter-argue is, there's two things here with the Polite and Edoga picks. Quentin Williams is going to be a great football player for a long time. And I think Wesco is very, very solid. He really is. He's an upgrade as their second tight end spot. Cashman and Austin, I mean, we don't even really have to get into those picks right now. Like you said, Cashman's going to be their special teams guy. Polite is not a bad kid. And some tweets upset me after the pick, from a certain Jets beat reporter who just had a scouts quote that made it sound like he's a bad kid. He's not, he's an immature kid. I mean, they have a system there that they believe CJ Mosley, Jamal Adams, and the two Florida guys in Brian Poole and Marcus may that know Jakai polite and Leonard Williams, who went to the same high school as Jakai polite. They feel this is the right environment for him. And if you can get Jakai polite, focused and play at 240 not the weight he got up to for the combine that began a miserable process for him he's gonna be an eight to ten sack guy because he's next to quinn williams and leonard williams right so fascinating high risk pick that can absolutely blow up in the jets face i'm a believer in it Idoga to me just screams that sam darnold wanted his guy he had to, if if sam
0: didn't vouch for him Somebody's going to catch some hell because yeah for for ten teams to take
1: you off the board and say you're lazy like that's not good. I that's, have that's a lot of teams. I have heard that this is Sam's guy that he believes that he'll work hard in the NFL and that you know being with Sam will be the difference maker. He really liked so. him at USC, so it's a yeah. B plus for me now. Like you said, Boomer Bust draft, Matt. We'll see. We'll yeah, Boomer Bust. How about the Buffalo Bills? A lot of boom here at Oliver run. at nine. Cody
0: Ford, Devin Singletary. LaShawn McCoy is going to get cut for spoiling endgame, and Devin Singletary is going to (laughs) start there. I'm calling my shot. Dawson Knox, you know, is my boy. I think he starts there eventually. Voshan Joseph, a fifth-round pick. I actually think he could start there. Jaquan Johnson is a high-character guy in the secondary in round six. Daryl Johnson, not Moose, the other Daryl Johnson, a a small-school edge rusher with some potential. Tommy Sweeney, another tight end out of Boston College. And then also... We don't cover UDFAs a lot. Maybe we will on the the Friday show. They signed Evan Worthington, a safety out of Colorado, as a UDFA. And we loved him when we evaluated him for Draft 400. So the Bills, I've only given out two A-pluses. They get really, really close. I'm going to give them an A. An a I just wish they had gone receiver in this draft. I know they signed a bunch of free agency, but they don't have that big go-to guy yet. Maybe they've been doing what we're doing and looking at 2020 and being like that receiver class is really good next year. We'll get one then. But
1: right now I think they need another receiver to make this a great class. So this is my first a plus out of two. I will give on this show. I loved this draft. And I think when you look at what their front office is doing, they're simply adding top talent in the value slot across the board and they're adding tough guys. Ed Oliver, phenomenal, phenomenal pick at 9. The upside for Ed Oliver is through the roof. Cody Ford was a first-round player. They got him 38th overall. Single Terry, I was actually a little lower than where they took him, but it's not it wasn't like a big big reach. Dawson Knox once again, a good pass catcher, a tough guy run blocker. Voshan Joseph and Jaquan Johnson are just guys that have starter potential in rounds 5 and 6. That's fantastic. The Bills crushed this draft. I think they got maybe three foundational players in it and three complementary players in it. That's a special group and an A-plus all the way. Yeah, a really good draft. We're both excited about what Brandon Bean's
0: doing up there. Now, the Miami Dolphins are next, and I want to be clear that we are both going to factor in the Josh Rosen trade. Yes, we are. They traded a second-round pick, and they did a great job because they came on the clock at 48. They traded back and picked up a 2020 second-round pick, and we're still able to get Josh Rosen. So that's really good. The actual picks, not so much. Christian Wilkins, I feel like, is very solid, not special at thirteen. Michael Dieter, solid at seventy-eight. After that, oh man, Andrew Van Ginkle in the fifth round. I I thought he was an undrafted free agent, so you're you're taking him about hundred picks too early. Isaiah Prince from from Ohio State. No one liked him at Ohio State. Chandler Cox, whatever, a depth running back. But then they took another running back in Miles Gaskin. So. They did have a need at running back. I understand you want to throw some late picks at that position. This draft is all about Josh Rosen and Christian Wilkins hitting. I gave it a C. I I like that they swung the bat on Rosen. I hope he has a ton of success there. But this is a a first-time GM, uh, a first-time head coach, a first-time offensive coordinator, and it just felt like the
1: process got away from them a little bit on day three. I'm with you all the way. The Wilkins pick was such a reach for me. It, It felt like they valued his character to the point where they made an end-of-round one guy, top-of-round two guy, a top 15 pick, and maybe the Falcons did the same thing with Lindstrom. But you know he's a high-floor player. I, I can really take or leave the rest of this draft, just being completely honest with you. But Josh Rosen's my guy, so they get a B-minus. I hope Josh Rosen succeeds there. I really do. I don't know if this is the best environment for him as this team is fully rebuilding right now, but I thought they maneuvered the second round well and still got their quarterback, so B-minus for Miami. The Pittsburgh Steelers, did it feel to you like they kind of had a quiet draft? Like, I know they traded up for Devin Bush, which I absolutely
0: loved. Like, I was ecstatic. But then it felt like it got a little quiet. But looking back at this draft, they got Deontay Johnson in the third round. (coughs) Excuse me. I know Melo said, like, this guy can do a lot of the same things that AB did. He's not AB, but he can play a lot of the same formations. Justin Lane, I really liked out of Michigan State. Benny Snell in round four felt pretty early. Zach Gentry in round five, pretty early. I like Sutton Smith, Isaiah Bugs, Ulysses Gilbert, and Derwin Gray as their six and seven round picks. Those are all guys that you can see at least a role for, and there's some developmental potential. But this draft will be about Devin Bush, and he is exactly what this team needed. I applaud the effort to trade up something that they really have not done in the past. So the Steelers get a B for me,
1: um, and that would probably be higher. I just, I didn't love what they did on day three here. It seems like it got away from them a little bit on day three. I'm not an Isaiah Bugs fan. And then, you know, neither Sut- was Alabama. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. Zach Gentry, <laughs> Sutton Smith, kind of whatever. Benny Snell will be their, their RB2 for a long time, I think. I love the first three picks though. Devin Bush, A plus pick. Deontay Johnson, it was a little early, but you understand the speed there, and you know what they do with wide receivers. So, And then Justin Lane was another A-plus pick to me at that point of round three. I thought he could have went at the end of round one or the top 40. So I gave them a B-plus. I think the Steelers did a nice job being aggressive at attacking their biggest need here. The Cincinnati Bengals, you and I will not disagree more on a draft. I guarantee
0: that. Uh, yeah. Jonah Williams, uh, I think I loved it. I like Jonah Williams a lot. Really good value at 11. I'm excited to see where they play him. Drew Sample at 52. Uh, I want to look real quick because uh, we did get really busy. I had Drew Sample at 175 overall. Oh, man. So that
1: not, might be our biggest difference. Yeah, maybe. Not a huge a, fan of that. I had him at 80. So still a 25 spot yeah, reach. right. <laughs> In a
0: deep tight end class. In a really deep tight end class. So I like Jermaine Pratt a lot. Ryan Finley, they took at 102. I had at 194. And I understand this is just one man's board. I could be very wrong about this, but it, I did not like it. Like Rennell Wren, Michael Jordan, Travion Williams, Deshaun Davis, Rodney Anderson, Jordan Brown. I liked their day three better than their day two, which is does not happen very often. You can say that about a team. I gave the Cincinnati Bengals a D. Ooh. I think Jonah Williams will be he'll be good. He'll make some Pro Bowls, but he's, he's not going to be a franchise changing offensive lineman. He's not Quentin Nelson, in my opinion. And then like they've just reached so big. I I wanted them to take a quarterback, not Ryan Finley and a tight end. Yeah, that's a huge need, but not drew sample.
1: I think the difference for me is that I really like the direction the team is going in. I I like Jonah Williams solidifying the offensive line drew sample. I'm higher on him than you. It's as simple as that. I'm a big Jermaine Pratt fan Ryan Finley, I don't think they're getting much there. Rennell Wren has a lot of upside because of his athleticism. Michael Jordan could be you know, a backup for a while. And Rodney Anderson, we'll see if he can ever stay healthy. That's a flyer you take in the sixth round, understandably. So I gave this a B plus. I think they want to be a tough football team under Zach Taylor. I think this rebuild is going to take a couple years, but I like that they kind of have a foundation in place with Jonah and Drew Sample in that front. Where they'll really start committing to running the football, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a long turnaround for Cincinnati. But I didn't hate this draft.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, okay. Bengals fans. I felt like I'd like become friends with some of them, and now it's probably over. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, that well, Odo Beckham is pick
1: seventeen. I don't know. Are you factoring that in? Yes. Okay. Um. Well, kind of. Kind, yeah. Right. I because it can wasn't I say just that pick Please. after greedy Williams. I d- I hated this fucking draft. Like, I don't understand any of it. To be completely honest with you, but I thought Greedy was a great pick and they got Odell for the 17th pick overall. So it doesn't really matter besides that. Yeah. What grade did you give it then? I gave it a B minus because yeah, they got sense. Odell with the 17th overall pick and they got Greedy Williams, my number two corner, at pick 46. But like, I don't understand the rest of these picks, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I liked Taki Taki, just not
0: quite in there. round three? Yeah, I had him at, at two hundred overall. So it was a huge, and huge went reach. 80th. Yeah. So massive, massive reach. I love Greedy. And and Me so too. like I think I get Me stuck too. on that. And I actually liked Mac Wilson in the fifth round. Like I thought that was a really good value. But I didn't love this class. I'm gonna give it a
1: C. And, well, shoot, no, we factor over So in. you d- you did exactly what I did. Without yeah. Odell, this was a C. Yeah, and then with, with Odell, it jumps all the way up to a B minus. I'm going to
0: give it a B minus as well. Again, you, when you factor him in, and I, it's so tough because they traded two picks and Jabril Pepper. So it wasn't like a straight up 17 for Odell.
1: But that's why still, it would have been an A if it was like a straight up um, a value still. The greedy, uh, the greedy pick was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it was. All right. How about the
0: Baltimore Ravens? Uh, another team, again, I feel like they had a quiet draft, but I liked what they did. Marquise Brown. In round three, they get Jalen Ferguson and Miles Boykin. In round four, they get Justice Hill, Ben Powers, and Biggie Marshall. Round five, Dalen Mack. And round six, I love that they took a flyer on Trace McSorley. I think John Harbaugh saw what Trace McSorley did to his brother Jim at Michigan and was like, we will make this dude our Taysom Hill. We will find a spot for him on this team. So I like this draft overall. I actually gave this one a B plus. My goodness. I actually gave this one a B plus. I think getting the receivers are huge. Justice Hill will work his way into this backfield. And I
1: like Jalen Ferguson's value at 85. It was a B plus for me too. Justice Hill is a phenomenal pick in round four. He will factor into this offense. And i will be like, damn, this guy fell too far. And then you look at, yeah, former five stars and Biggie Marshall and Dalen Mack there in round four and five. Hopefully, if there's a team that can, you know, tap the... <laughs> Get the untapped potential out of these guys. It's Baltimore. And then you you nailed it at the top. I'm not a miles Boykin guy, but Hollywood Brown and Jalen Ferguson, those guys are going to be really good players for this team. So a a B plus for the Ravens, a really, a really good job. We're going to take one last break and then grade the last two divisions left. The Houston Texans next up on our list here, Matt, as we crack into this final AFC divisions here, what did you think here of Brian Gaines draft as they look to help out the Sean Watson?
0: Uh, not great. Same.
1: Uh, I, I kind of feel like, oh man, there's a lot of
0: potential here. Titus Howard, a lot of potential at tackle. I like Titus Howard. I thought he was a top 50 player. They got him a 23. And again, we, we talk about sometimes like there was a run on tackles. He's one of the few that we think could play left tackle. It made some sense. Lonnie Johnson. I love Lonnie, but man, this is your betting on the potential here. And and they need him to be a a right now player, not a potential guy. So we'll see how much he can develop on the fly. Max Sharping, say whatever, it's solid. Um, I thought 55 was really early for him. Uh, I had him graded out at 92 overall. So it felt like a reach as they tried to get a right tackle in there. Uh, And then... You know, moving into day three, Kahale wearing, or excuse me, round three. Like, that's a fine pick. I actually, that might be my favorite pick of theirs. Charles Menehue in round five, Xavier Crawford in six, and Colin Gallaspia in round seven from Texas AM and a running back. This is just such like a boring draft, though. It really is. And and maybe that's what they needed because like you said, they have to protect Deshaun Watson. They've now drafted, I think, four tight ends in the last two years. So it's like, eventually, guys, you're going to have to stop taking tight ends. I gave this one, uh, actually, I didn't see your grade. I gave it the same as you, a C-. minus. It just felt like a lot of reaches.
1: Yeah. One of my tougher ones here. It really was. It was one of my tougher ones, a C minus. I don't think this is the group that will help Deshaun Watson right now. I think Titus Howard needs, you know, to be developed. you like the untapped potential there. Really what dropped this one is I'm not a Lonnie Johnson believer. I think the Kahale wearing pick is a really, really fun upside value pick. I don't like Charles and Max Sharping. Yeah. Solid right tackle. Once again, this, I don't think this will really impact this team this year. And they should be going for it, Matt, right? Like, you look yeah. at this team and you're like, go you for it. You have to Watson. None <laughs> like, of their draft just screamed to me, go for it right now. So, C minus for the Texans. On to when the Tennessee. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. One thing when I looked back at
0: this draft, it made me think like they're trying to get cheap on the offensive line so they can pay guys on defense. That was my only thought. So, yeah. like you said, we'll you move on to Tennessee. For. Holy shit, Tennessee drafted well. Jeffrey Simmons, you guys know how much we love him. AJ Brown, you know how much we loved him. Nate Davis is a mauler. He'll replace Quentin Spain. Amani Hooker is going to play in three safety sets. DeAndre Walker, I think, will morph into a very good situational pass rusher. The steal of the draft might be 188. David Long. Ooh, yep. Mike Vrabel is going to coach the hell out of this guy who is hungry. He is a player. They get an A minus from me. This was a really good draft. The only reason it's a minus. Jeffrey Simmons is an injury guy, and I'm a little
1: just you have to be a tiny bit worried about a guy coming off an ACL injury. This was my other A plus Uh, uh, fantastic across the board. Jeffrey Simmons, top five, top seven player. A.J. Brown, first round player. Look at Imani Hooker, a top 100 player. I think I might have had him in the top 80 overall. And then David Long, I, I thought he was a top 75 player. I loved him. He was linebacker three for me. So Tennessee. What a core here. I mean, I thought they crushed, crushed this draft. Yeah, they did a they did a good job, man. Mike Vrabel should be very, very happy about
0: what's going on here. How about the Indianapolis Colts? Our guy, uh, Chris Ballard, he just like hit singles that somehow turn into triples. And so watch this class because Rocky Sin is going to start at corner. Ben Banigou is going to get on the field as an edge rusher. Paris Campbell, I think, starts at wide receiver. Bobby Okarike, I think, will start at linebacker very soon. Kari Willis. I know Mel Kiper had Kari Willis as like a top 50 player and they got him at 109. Marvell Tell, good athlete in round five. EJ Speed, a great uh, athlete. He also been arrested for (laughs) organized crime, which is really cool. So you got to like that. Jerry Green, I think has some third down pass rush potential in round six. And then around seven, they they swung the bat on some productive offensive tackles. Jackson Barton from Utah and Javon Patterson from Ole Miss. Like those dudes are going to be really good depth players. I think, Everyone from this draft makes this roster and contributes. So I'm going to give
1: the Colts an A. I'll never bet against Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds, but this class just didn't get me going, to be honest with you. It just really didn't. Rocky Sin, I thought, was not a top corner in this class, and he goes 34th overall. Banigou felt like such an underachiever at TCU. Campbell is a guy that I still don't know if he can catch the ball down the field, but he will be a good gadget player. I mean, Okariki can be a really, really good player in this defense, and I liked Marvell Tell a lot. So once it's just not, it wasn't like a oh this class sucks. Like it was just like okay, they got some starters maybe real solid, right? Yeah, it felt like it just okay. I just wasn't. It wasn't like last year. I was like whoa, like they got some pieces. It was just kind of. It was just all right. Just all right. So, yeah, it was a it was a B minus for me, which is when you're just all right. That's what you get as a B minus. Speaking of being just all right. B minus. Same thing for Jacksonville. <laughs> this was a weird draft for me. I, I was like I was lower on Josh Allen than everyone else, but I still am 14th overall. So when you take him at seven, that's a fine pick. Jawan Taylor, incredible in round two. Josh Oliver, good pass catcher, but I just around th- top of round three, like what? I know 174 There was overall. way better tight ends yeah. available. Quincy Williams, I didn't think was getting drafted. They took him in the third round. Raquel Armstead. All right. It just you know they got two good players at the top, and just not much right. after that. So I minus. B-. And that's here's what sucks. They had two third round picks and got like nothing. Nothing. Those could have been impact. They needed tight end help. Yeah. Matt. They needed it, and they, I for, did not like. I Josh thought this Oliver. was supposed to be a tough blocking team. What is the Josh Oliver pick at all? Oh, is that a no. blocker? No, a he's big a receiver. Sl-
0: he's a slow seam tight end. Like I mean, really, he yeah. ran a four, six, three. Like, he's not fast. And his his uh, three cone and short shuttle times were terrible as well. So I'm actually with you. I did not like this draft at all. I gave it a C plus because I like Josh Allen. Juwan Taylor's knee scares the it hell is scary. out of me.
1: Very scary. But I love
0: Josh Allen. So I had to give a- he's the saving grace of this draft class. Well, now we got to move on to your Kansas City Chiefs, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, this is a tough one. It, it is, is very hard. So uh, I'll say this. I everyone knows I, I have some connections in Kansas City, obviously. So when I called other teams and asked about Kansas City, they were like, that fucking receiver is going to be really, really good. And they're talking about Miko Hardman, who oh, is yeah, are. an athlete coming out of Georgia who does need some development. But. If the Chiefs suspend and or cut whatever happens to Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman can either try to replace him or supplement him. And if it's Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman, and Sammy Watkins in that offense, it's going to look like Madden. It's not going to be fair. So we'll wait and see what role Miko plays, but I'm a huge believer in his ability. Juan Thornhill should start at safety. After that, I didn't quite understand this draft. I thought Colin Saunders is a good player. They reached a little bit for him. They do need a D tackle next to Chris Jones. So I understand that. My problem is the first corner that they took was a 201 overall. Rashad Fenton from South Carolina. Darwin Thompson, keep an eye on this kid, though. He was picked 214. He was the most elusive running back I saw in this class. The problem is he had one year of film at Utah State. So. Little bit of a question mark, and then you get Nick Allegretti. Uh, he's going to be a, a backup guard out of, out of Illinois. This was a, it is a weird draft. They didn't have a ton of picks because of, of some trades that they made. Like you factor in Frank Clark at twenty nine overall, that changes everything how you look at this draft. So factoring that in, I gave it a B plus. But
1: man, they they need Miko Hardman to be special for this for this to work out. Yeah, factoring in the Frank Clark trade, I'll up this to a B. I had it at a B minus. I think Miko is a phenomenal player. I had him 32 overall. So it speaks to how highly I graded this guy. I thought Juan Thornhill got a little overrated throughout the process, but then he gets taken at 63. So not really right where we thought he can help in coverage. They need corners, though, man, they need corners. And they didn't get any. They didn't get any. Colin Saunders, I think people liked him more than me. I didn't have him in my top 100. I don't think so. It was just an okay draft for Kansas City. Just okay. I like the kid a lot with Collins. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. You know, awesome. I had him
0: at 112, actually. So maybe it's not as far off as I thought it was, but. Anyway, let's move to the Chargers. Uh, they went with Jerry Tillery in the first round. He's going to be a good fit in that 4-3 under. They're getting to year Adderley who could play corner or safety over the top. My boy Trey Pipkins from Sioux Falls. He's <laughs> not really my boy. I just like saying his name. Drew Tranquil in round four surprised the hell out of me. I thought he was going to be a, a late pick, maybe undrafted free agent. Easton Stick, good value as a backup. Amike Igbola, good athlete, a linebacker. And then Cortez brought in a D-tackle from Cincinnati. This is another one of those where you're like, that's just solid. Not much to complain about. I gave it a C. I would have liked a wide receiver in this draft because I, you lose Tyrell Williams. I thought maybe even more of a, a
1: priority on an offensive tackle because Pipkins is such a developmental Pipkins. guy. Pipkins. Yeah, and when you look at Pipkins, uh, I really like Adderley here. I think Tillery was a good fit. I think we'd mocked him there a couple of times on mock draft Mondays. It felt like even when we alternated that pick drew tranquil, I was a really, really big fan of his game. So just to be here for me, I think Adderley is the perfect compliment to Derwin James. That's what elevated this draft for me. Yep. The Oakland Raiders, Mike Mayock in his first draft did a
0: fantastic job. A fantastic Cleveland Farrell. Say what you want about him being the pick at four. I know they tried to trade back from here and just no one was calling. So they just took their guy, which you can applaud Josh Jacobs. I had a top 10 grade on Jonathan Abram. I had a top 25 grade on Trayvon Mullen. I had a top 32 grade on those first four picks are huge. They're all high character. They were all super productive. Then they kind of, I think, mixed it up a little bit went after some trait guys and Max Crosby and Isaiah Johnson. Then they went back to the well of high character, very productive Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro. And then again, they swung the fence on traits with Quentin bell and addresser from Prairie view a and M. So I, I thought they mixed up taking chances on traits and developmental guys while really making the foundation of this draft, high character, high production from power five you know, college playoff teams. Foster Moreau starts for this team, in my opinion. Hunter Renfro will get on the field as well. So I could see six players from this draft, Connor, being contributors, which is not fair. That's unreal. I'm with you. I'm with you
1: all the way here, Matt. I know you and I, I think, are the only two people apparently in the universe that love this draft. Really? I've seen a lot of hate on this draft. I like Cleveland Farrell. Josh Jacobs will be the workhorse of this offense. I know John Gruden has loved this guy. Jonathan Abram will bring attitude to that secondary that it needs. Trayvon Mullen can start at corner. Foster Moreau, like you said, can start at tight end. Hunter Renfro can catch 80 passes a year in the right offense. It's hilarious to say that about a round five pick. It's an A for me. Oakland, this is great, great stuff from Mike Mayock in his first draft. I'm rooting for the guy like crazy. I really am. I think Oakland has put a foundation in place and a great locker room in place. Yeah, better watch them in the AFC West. I don't
0: know. Anyone who doesn't like that draft doesn't know how to evaluate tape. I'm just going to say um, that. I'll yeah, put that it's out there. A, the,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: The last one for us, the Denver Broncos, Noah Fant, Dalton Reisner, Drew Locke, Draymond Jones. I had top 50 grades on all four of those guys. Justin Hollins, like his athleticism, and Juwan Winfrey, a receiver from Colorado late Good flyer on him. They get an A from me as well. I like that they still got their guy, Drew Locke, 32 picks
1: later than a lot of us thought they would. John Elway finally, finally came through for us here, Matt. An A- for me. Noah Fant, I thought he was a top 15 player and one of the best mismatch weapons in this draft. Dalton Reisner had him value right there. I think he could start from day one. And then you look at Drew Locke. I love that they waited and waited and still got this guy. And I think he's happy to be there. That's really nice to see for Drew Locke to develop behind Joe Flacco. Draymond Jones can be that, you know, interior pass rush player. Denver did a really good job here. They got long-term starters across the board while also getting a traits guy in Drew Locke to develop.
0: Yeah, I got an A for this one. I can't remember if I said that or not as, as we wrap up. Let here, him know so again. for me. Yeah, an A for me. Good job to John Elway, which I have never said before about his front office ability. Alright, dude, that is our show. Mello and I will be back Friday morning. Uh, I don't know yet what we're going to talk about. You guys are going to be as surprised as I am, but I know it will be a good time as we look back more at the 2019 draft and start to peek ahead. I've heard that Mello's big board is up to almost 200 players for next year. What a so, dude, is he is a grind Melo is for Connor. This is Matt. We will talk to you all real soon.